You're about to listen to an Audible original. Audible produces immersive audio entertainment like you've never heard before. Enjoy the ride. Yo, you are now listening to In The Cut with Ghetto Gastro. You know the vibes, you know the vibes. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, L.E.S., man, with the finesse. I'm Pierre Siro, Wagwan. Yo, what it do? This is John Gray, a.k.a. The Dishwasher. Movie! <laughs> Zoovy! Everybody eats. And if you're not at the table, you on the menu. Everybody eats. The Ghetto Gas Show way is a mantra. On this episode, we'll be talking about food, activism, and power. We'll be chopping up with Carolina Sabareta from La Mirada Mutual Aid Kitchen and Community Gardens in the Bronx. La Morada, if you translate it to Spanish, is a place of refugee. Because we wanted to make sure that absolutely everyone that had an experience, like we did as a family, had a place at a table. Later, we're spinning over to the Ghetto Gastro Kitchen to cook up a GG original breakfast staple, the Black Power Waffle. Let's get wavy with it. Get a little whisk action. Let them know that wrist work is official. And this is the Black Power Waffle, you know. We're inspired by the Panthers and the mutual aid work they did with the free breakfast program. You know, just like we say, community builds immunity, everybody eats, you know, and I think it's important as we all inhabit this planet together, you know, that we just work to make sure people have their basic needs, you know? You think about shelter, you think about nourishment, you think about clothing. Those are the basic needs to exist on this planet, so... We feel like that should be a right and not a privilege. You know, it's only right for us to give back to, you know, the community and the communities that, you know, have held us down for so many years because, you know, we have the access. And one thing that our communities are lacking is the access, you know, to the knowledge, the information, the resources, the food, the cooking techniques, and, you know, just the connection to the food, you know. So for us, it's really about bringing back that connection to the community and, you know, getting people involved and doing things like, urban farming and, you know, getting like small community gardens going and, you know, really trying to get everybody back connected to the earth. It's super important to shed light on, you know, this, this food apartheid that's going on and the disparity in the in the systems of, of food and, and how we feed our different communities, like in the Bronx, how there's more liquor stores and more fast food spots as opposed to when you go past 96th Street in Manhattan, you have more gourmet spots, you have more fruit stands, you have more uh, whole foods. And it's really important that we learn how to not only feed ourselves correctly, but we plant these seeds. When I think about Gigi's relationship with the community, especially the community in the Bronx, you know, a lot of it is is rooted and based off of, you know, wanting to be the lights that we didn't necessarily see growing up, you know? so So being able to show people within the community coming from backgrounds that like that we came from that there there are other options you know it's not just rap music it's not just doing illicit things to get to get to the bag athletics you know it's like you could you could really take on a trade and i think this trade and us working with food is one of the one of the few things that a lot of brothers that we might have seen going in and out of the prison industrial complex have opportunities to jump in the kitchen and the make something, make something out of nothing. And I think Ghetto Gastro's form of activism, you know, 
not just existing to resist, because that's like us just existing and taking space and being radical, being unapologetically pro-Black, pro-liberation. That's radical in itself and is also a form of activism. But in addition to that, it's like really putting those resources to work and and make sure we're doing active listening because we don't want to prescribe what we think are solutions. We want to be there to collaborate with the community to, to create the vibes. You know, we call ourselves the Black Power Kitchen, so we get a lot of our inspiration from the Black Panther Party. You know, we look at people like Stokely Carmichael, Fred Hampton, Bobby Seale, Angela Davis. Kwame Ture, Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Kwame Kwame Ture, Ture, Bronx, another Bronx brother. So this this movement, this movement, you know, is full circle from the soils to the oil. From the soil to the oil, you know, we saw the things that they were doing with the free breakfast program. You know, we want to continue with that legacy in in our way and the best way that that we know possible. I just want to say food is a weapon of class destruction, man. And and for the kids, man, we want to be a new role model and a new way of being a superhero, man, because the superheroes of today, they wear do-rags, you know what I mean? They wear Tims, you know what I mean? The superheroes of this day, they're farmers. They're getting their hands dirty, and they're getting in there to feed their community and feed the the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to our youth and our upbringing. And and food is inherently political, so we feel like it's impossible for us to be Black people, you know, our skin is inherently political, right? And then also coming from the Bronx, where we are, the Bronx is home to the largest food distribution site of its kind in the world. You're talking about fish market, meat market, vegetable market, responsible for a lot of the food in New York and some of the Northeast. Yet, right outside the doors and outside the gates of the distribution center, it's a food desert. So it's like you have all of these resources leaving neighborhoods, yet we're dealing with the fossil fuel emissions, which lead to hypertension, lead to asthma. You know, you look at the the health outcomes due to the food available in neighborhoods, like high rates of diabetes, obesity, blood pressure. You know, the air quality, the air quality from all the from all the from emissions. The, from the emissions, trucks, yeah, you know? that's the asthma. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so these type of things, like we have no choice but to but to speak out and hopefully. We're working to eradicate it. So that's that's like the mission. So when you say and when John says that, you know, food is very political, the former uh, minister of agriculture in the United States, Henry Kissinger, once said he who controls the food controls the people. So that goes back into now where we are with Ghetto Gastro, where we, you know, we want to be able to be in control of what our people in our community are consuming and the things that we're able to present them and. You know, it's it's on us to take care of our community. Like these these holes that we see in you know the system, these these were created, these were built. So we can't expect the same people and the same uh, you know the same systems that created these to break them down. It's for us to do, and it's for us to you know stick together as a community. Word, word, word. Let's bring in our good friend Carolina Sabarader from La Mirada Mutual Aid Kitchen in the Bronx to chop it up on how to feed the people. You mind, um, uh, just for the people out there who might not know, uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and the family up, up there, at the, up in the yeah, Bronx. of course. So hi, everyone. My name is Carolina Saavedra. I am the sous chef over at La Morada Restaurant 
now turned into La Morada Soup Kitchen, a mutual aid kitchen in the South Bronx. I'm also the garden store over at Brookner Mount Haven Community Garden, and I'm also the community education coordinator at Stonewall Center for Food and Agriculture. She get into all of it. You heard everything. <laughs> I do a lot. She got her hands in the pot. She got her hands in the pot. I got to. I'm a single mom, so, you know. And she's a mom. I was so, about to say that, too. Like, you're covering mom. a lot of ground, yeah. man. That's, that's awesome. And also, man, we, we, we noticed you very humble, but you, you definitely New York City's timeouts woman of the year. Tell That's us a right. little bit about that and, 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 you know, how that came yeah. about. Yeah. Essentially, Time Out just saw all of the things I was doing, right, on top of being a mom, on top of being a sous chef, on top of being an educator. On my free time, I always dedicated to the community and giving back to the community. So one of the things I was doing is this medicinal herb workshop where we teach people in the hood, right? These are all the herbs available near you. You could get them here at the community garden for free. So these workshops I was doing, it was to help alleviate some of that pain that comes with, you know, the sickness or the disease or alleviate that pain that's from the wallet, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so they noticed that and I became one of Time Out Woman of the Year. That's fine. Congratulations. That's, fire. that's amazing. Give also, her a round of applause. Give also, her a round of applause. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. We in the cut, man, with the guards, man. Let's give her a round of applause. I do have a question for you pertaining <laughs> yeah. to the plants and the plant-based medicine that, you, that you're teaching the community about and stuff like that. Now, those practices, are those um, traditional Mexican and Oaxacan practices? Or, or tell us a little bit about that. Could you also kind of tell us about how, you know, you have a Oaxacan restaurant in, in the middle of the Bronx, and the Bronx being this, you know, melting point, this cultural enclave of, you know, different communities. Like, how, what is the response like to, to Oaxacan food in the Bronx as well? So, to, right. what's it like? with the people with the medicine and how are they how are they reacting to the herbs and how are they just reacting to the food in general to encompass all of this right i have to encompass me um i'm a real new yorker right mm-hmm. born and raised in new york born in washington heights raised in the south bronx went to high school in harlem mm-hmm. so that gives you a little bit of background of you know all of the people that have been very inspiring or very, you know, into my life, right? Mm-hmm. So you got the people from the Dominican Republic up in the Washington Heights. You have my Puerto Ricans. I worked at Orchard Beach for so many years. Um, you have the Trinidadians and the Nigerians from Harlem. Mm-hmm. And then you have my indigenous family. So all of these people in their own, you know, within their own countries, within their own indigenous communities have their own medicine. And I was lucky enough to learn all of these with the abuelas, the vecinas, mm-hmm. you know, whoever wanted to teach me, I was there. I'm like a sponge. You want to teach me anything, I'm with it. And do you see a lot of synergies in the uh, medicinal practices of these different cultures? Yes, yes. And so, you know, being a garden store uh, in the Bronx, there's only so many things that can grow that are from our culture, that are from our land. So we make things happen with whatever also the Hudson Valley has to provide for us. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of that is to say, right, we take techniques from a little bit from here, a little bit from there, take the advice that the abuela gives, take the advice that the vecino gives, and mix it all together and then teach people everything that I learned. So this episode is about discussing ideas behind the term everybody eats, right? What comes to mind when you think of the words everybody eats? What does that look like to you? Everybody eats us really means to me La Morada Soup Kitchen, right? To give some perspective, is like we're a small, family-owned, undocumented-owned restaurant. We're four workers, 20 tops, and we made it happen during the... During the pandemic. During the, pandemic. Well, during the, during the height of the pandemic. Right. Because it's still going, because it's still going on. Right. My parents are undocumented. They were 
they arrived to the U.S. or, you know, migrated to the U.S. due to displacement. They were farmers. That's what they knew how to do. They knew how to take care of the land. Um, they were indigenous people, so this is engraved in them. But then NAFTA hits, so the North American Free Trade Agreement hits and then destroys their crops, destroys their livelihood. So they have to do what's next, right, which is get displaced and now their land in New York City. Um, they know the story, right? They know how farm workers are treated. They know the struggle of being undocumented in New York. They know what it is to live under the poverty line, right? They know what it is to live in the hood. All this to say, this is why they built La Morada. La Morada, if you translate it to Spanish, is a place of refugee. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to make sure that absolutely everyone that had an experience, like we did as a family, had a place at a table. Yeah. Right? And it's really beautiful how when you walk in to the restaurant, it had, you know, it says refugees welcome on the on the on, right on the door and right. big red big red in, bold. Big red bold, you can't miss it. And yeah. it's you know, it's a really beautiful thing. And I know it probably makes a lot of people feel welcome and a sense of relief walking into a space like that, knowing that, you know, that you're welcome and that there's right. more people like them, you know, like them out there, right? Right. So it's like telling the people that are usually forgotten, right? Telling the people from the hood, you are allowed to be at a restaurant. Telling transgender, you are welcome at a place to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. Telling the youth, it don't matter if you only got five bucks in your pocket. We are still going to serve you. Five. And then going back to the pandemic, right? We were already living in a pandemic, right? So when the pandemic of COVID-19 hit, we were already like, okay, another pandemic to add to the pandemic of environmental racism, another pandemic to add to the pandemic of, you know, food apartheid, mm -hmm. another pandemic to add to the um, pandemic of medical ra racism. Mm -hmm. um, and the list can go on and on. Um, so when this pandemic of COVID-19 hit, how are we not supposed to support our neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of restaurants, when they shut down, what, what happened? Their food just went to spoil, bad, right? right. Us, we weren't thinking that way. We were like, we got this excess amount of food. Might what are we going to well do? Cook. You got to cook right. it. Right. Now cook it, serve it, give it to whoever needs it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Carolina, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. I think it's time we head into the ghetto gastro kitchen, better known as the lab. We're whipping up the Black Power Waffle, inspired by the free breakfast program created by the Black Panther Party that made sure every child was fed before school. We wanted to create a dish to continue that legacy, energize our people, nourish everyone, and remind everyone through our food that this is one black power kitchen. What's going on? This is John of Ghetto Gastro. We back in the lab. I'm in here too, though. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? We in the cut with the is up. You already know. We're going to be whipping up the black power waffle, which is our own product, wavy waffle, the chocolate version, using that ultra black cocoa powder. So we're going to turn balls. up the, the wavy, wavy way. We're going to show you how we do it the wavy way. I nicknamed John Johnny Tsunami because he's the wave lord of, these, of this waffle mix, man. I like that. My I like God. that. My God. You know what I mean? You're definitely going to need a surfboard to ride this wave, man. So behave. So what we got is the chocolate wavy waffle mix. All you need is water, digital scale, and of course, the Crux GG Turner because we burning and turning. That's our waffle maker. So boom, you take the waffle mix, open it. Fresh pack. Yo, where can you get this waffle mix? Is it available in stores? It's available on ghettogastro.com for sure. We're gonna do 
about 100 grams. We got some chocolate chips in this black cocoa. And this, the ingredients in this waffle mix are from the motherland. So we're using sorghum flour. We're using cassava flour. We're using millet. You know, these are ingredients that originate in the motherland. Cacao originates in Central and South America, Brazil, Ecuador, Mexico, but it's grown widely in West Africa. So we just want to tap into the motherland. You know, we're about that mouth of the global south, so watch out. So we're gonna do about 100 grams. So what, this is, this is gluten-free? This is gluten-free, plant-based, mm -hmm. just add water. Water. All you need is water, man. Bloop, 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 bloop. And it's made, and it's made, you know, so that when you add water, that it, that it, uh, that it, gets, that it gets darker. So it melanates, it, it, it melanates that when, when you add water. Yeah, this, this, is, this is real black power right here. Real black power. So we got the dry mix. We just finished adding all that. Now I'm gonna add the water. Get a little whisk action. Let them know that wrist work is official. So we hit, hit it with the whisk. And this is the Black Power Waffle. You know, we're inspired by the Panthers and the mutual aid work they did with the free breakfast program. You know, shout out to Emery Douglas. Bobby Seal, Elaine Brown, all of the great, all of the great Panthers that motivated us with this work, you know. Community builds immunity, as we like to say. And this this waffle is not like a typical chocolate waffle. It's coming out black as night, man. Now we go into the waffle maker, it's hot. You're gonna hit hit that sizzle. And once we're done, all it's gonna need is a little drip drizzle of that sovereign syrup, man. That scissor. So we dropping that waffle mix, that chocolate waffle mix, we putting it right into the waffle iron. You hear the sizzle. Nice and neat, man, because you don't want that batter to slatter, man. Yeah. I, I like the batter matters, you heard? You dig. Close it. Flip it. Don't trip it. Now you can smell, now you can just smell like the chocolate cooking and like your 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 house is gonna smell like like toasted chocolate right now. It's amazing. But it's not too sweet, so it's good. That's the money right there. That's the sweet sounds of a perfect waffle right there. Thank you for joining us. And just remember, everybody eats, man. Food for the people. Ghetto gastro, food made with thought. The mouth of the global south. That's the wrap for the season, man. I hope we gave you enough season for the ears to please. And, you know, please believe it. We'll be back next time. So in the meantime, in between time, enjoy each recipe. Enjoy the sounds of the voices of some true, some true connoisseurs of the spread. Peace. Do what you got to do. Go out, support us. Ghetto Gastro, some young brothers, man. We doing what we got to do. Thanks for tuning in. We hope we showed you how food carries the past and it can change the future. You know, each one teach one. Put your arm out and reach one. Bless up. Bronx to the world, you dig. Produced by Audible Originals, Gunpowder and Sky, and Carter Media Group. 
Executive produced by Stephen Michael, Van Toffler, and Floris Bauer. Produced by Lauren Palmer and associate produced by Matt Worley at Gunpowder and Sky. Executive produced by Martha Little at Audible. Special thanks to Jessica Sano and Amor Yates. Executive produced by Ivana Tucker. Supervising production by Samaya Adams at Moso House. Produced by Kat Hernandez. Executive produced by Courtney Carter and Lauren Elias at the Carter Media Group. Executive produced by Jean Gray, Pierre Sorreau, and Lester Walker. Research and consulting by Osai Endelin. Sound design and mixing by Dan Walsh. Music composed by Warner Meadows. Head of Audible Studios, Zola Mashariki. Sound recording copyright 2022 by Audible Originals, LLC.